I'm Justin Voss. And I'm Ryan Isabel. And this is Built in Motion. This is not your typical episode, so if this is your first time listening to Built in Motion, then I hope you will also check out a previous episode, like maybe episode three, Just Give Me a Huey, to really get a feel for what our show is all about. Today we have a quick story for you. It doesn't feature an interview, but it does tell the story of how one race helped one man set the course for modern automotive manufacturing. So where do we begin? Well, let's start in the year 1901. Shortly after our ambitious automotive entrepreneur's first run at the car-making business closed its doors, the Detroit Automobile Company, which was founded just two years earlier, but a young Henry Ford was still convinced that he had what it takes to build a successful automotive company. Yes, and the automotive industry was really a tough market back in 1901. There were more than 50 car manufacturers competing for sales in the United States. That was a lot for a market that only catered to the wealthy. Ford needed a way to attract new investors and prove that he could produce affordable, reliable cars. He learned that the Detroit Driving Club was to hold a highly publicized race in Gross Point, Michigan. He knew that this would be the perfect stage for him to reestablish himself and hopefully gain the support he would need to start his new company. Along with the publicity, the race would pay $1,000 to win. You know, that'd be about the same as $30,000 today. In May of 1901, with the help of several others, Henry Ford started building the race car he believed could win that race and get him the public attention that he needed. He nicknamed the car Sweepstakes. Why did he nickname the car Sweepstakes? (laughs) I have no idea. Well, in order to win this race, Ford was going to have to beat the best American driver and automobile builder of the day, Cleveland, Ohio's Alexander Witten. Huh, never heard of any good race car drivers coming out of Cleveland. Witten was such a big deal that to even talk him into entering the race, he insisted on picking out the winner's trophy, and he chose a crystal punch bowl. This looks nice. Oh, yeah, and this guy already had a spot picked out for it in his house. Ford had two months to build and test his race car. To win, it was going to need to be one of the best engineered cars of its day. Sweepstakes looked more like a horse-drawn carriage than a car. It was high off the ground, had 28-inch spoked wheels with air-filled cotton cord tires. It was chain-driven like a bicycle and had an engine that was big, even by today's standards. Although it only had two cylinders, it boasted 539 cubic inches of displacement. But it did only produce 26 horsepower and had little to no brakes. How much power could an engine that big make today? Engines that big often make over 1,000 horsepower. But sweepstakes, even with only 26 horsepower, was clocked at over 72 miles an hour and half a mile stretch. That was 10 miles an hour faster than the official land speed record of the day. Now, another cool part of this engine was an advancement in ignition systems. Well, back then, spark falling was a common problem. Ford solved this with the help of a dentist. His dentist? Uh, not sure. I think Henry Ford had wooden teeth. Maybe that was George Washington. Anyway, I don't know. I'd use my dentist. This dentist was Dr. W.E. Sandburn. With his experience in making porcelain teeth... He helped Ford develop the first porcelain insulated spark plug. Ford believed he had the car to beat, and on October 10th, 1901, the day came to prove it. It was a beautiful fall day for this high-profile race. The trees were full of yellow, brown, and golden leaves, and over 8,000 excited spectators sat in anticipation on the wooden grandstands overlooking the horse track where the race would take place. There was a larger-than-expected number of entrants, with 13 entered from Detroit alone. 
With long early races and because cars kind of lacked reliability back then, most of the competitors were unable to start the final race. This also caused the day's main event to be shortened from 25 to only 10 laps. So we were left with only three cars at the starting line. But when the third car experienced mechanical problems, the finale became a two-car race between Alexander Winton's 40-horsepower bullet and Henry Ford's 26-horsepower sweepstakes. Early in the race, Ford fell behind the more experienced Winton by almost 300 yards. With each lap, Ford became more confident in his driving and his pace increased. By the sixth lap, he had caught back up to within striking distance of Winton. And on lap seven, Winton's car started to spit and sputter. Legend has it that Ford waited till the front straightaway on lap eight to pass Winton in front of the pack grandstand. <laughs> what a showboater. Maybe he was just a master of self-promotion. Ford went on to win by a large margin and crossed the finish line to the cheers of his hometown crowd. When Henry Ford entered victory circle after the race, driving a race car at those speeds had scared him so much that it was said that the first words out of his mouth were never again. I'm sure sitting so high up on a flat seat with no safety belts or roll cage on a car with no brakes is pretty scary. Eventually, Winton, realizing the reliability of Ford's new spark plug, began to purchase them to put in his own automobiles. As planned, the victory got Ford the recognition he needed. He quickly found investors and started his new automotive company, Henry Ford Company, just over one month after the race. Almost one year later, in August of 1902, Ford sold his thriving company but kept the rights to his name. The company then became the Cadillac Motor Company. In 1903, Ford went on to start what is now known as the Ford Motor Company. Ironically, this was with the help of John and Horace Dodge, who later founded Dodge. So Ford started what is now Cadillac, the Ford Motor Company, and played a part in starting of Dodge. I think that's pretty cool. That's why he's considered by many to be the founding father of the modern automotive company. Ford's wife, Clara, maybe best summarized what this win meant for Ford in a letter to her brother, Milton Bryant. Henry has been covering himself with glory and dust. I wish you could have seen him. The people went wild. The race has advertised him far and wide. And the next thing will be to make some money out of it. I'm afraid it will be a hard struggle. It's going to be good. Thanks for listening to this quick episode of Built in Motion. To hear a full-length episode, check out our feed on iTunes or at builtinmotion.com. And we hope you will share us with a friend. We're working hard on our next full episode, so look for it on the first of the month. I'm Justin Voss. And I'm Ryan Isabel. Thanks for listening. <laughs>